Hi, and thanks for listening to another audio podcast from Creekside Community Church, Narangba, Queensland. For more information and resources, please visit our website at www.creekside.org.au. I just wanted to add my welcome to you, the one that Rhonda's already given to you and Shania's given to you. It is great to be here and to recognise the reason we are here and the joy of Jesus at Christmas, but I just want to pray for a moment because it's not always... Christmas for some people is a time of pain and a time of anguish and a time of, uh, you know, not so great joy for some people. So we need to pray together for people and be thankful for the joy, but also to remember those who are really maybe battling at this time. So would you join with me? Father, we thank you that we come today with joy. We thank you that we can celebrate the Jesus of Christmas and the reason why we're here together. But we recognise that with joy sometimes comes pain. And Father, there are some folk at this time who maybe even here who are for whom Christmas will be painful. Maybe it's uh, circumstances that are beyond our control. Maybe there are loved ones we haven't um, been able to get in contact with and won't be with us at Christmas. Maybe this is the first Christmas of when we're alone. Father, we want to pray today for the community and the families in Devonport, Lord God, who for whom Christmas this year will be fraught with memories that are just um, devastating. And Father, for those who are struggling, we would pray for the spirit of Jesus to lift them and to encourage them and for them to see some sort of hope. And Father, we would just pray as a, as a, as a people that people will know the very real presence of Jesus, even in the difficult times as well as those great times. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, it's good to be here and to, uh, to recognise together. Um, I want us to try and... I've got a few packages, and sometimes when you look under the tree, and I've already had some grandkids who've looked under our tree at home and trying to recognise what's behind the paper kids do that? So I want you to help me. Just uh, what do you think might be in that parcel? That's a parcel for one of my daughters. What do you think might be in that parcel? Kids, can you tell me? Book? Someone say a book? Correct. I'd give you the present, but it's for my daughter, so I can. A book and a voucher. Okay. What about that? A bat. What sort of bat? A cricket bat. Cricket bat. That's right. So that's a package that's very hard to disguise. Very difficult to disguise is a cricket bat. What about that? Who can tell me what's in that? It's with one of my granddaughters. Can you tell me what's in that? Want to feel it? Can you? Oh, nice. Want to feel it? What do you reckon? A car? My granddaughter always wanted a car, but... Uh, yep. A box. It is a box, but inside that box, you won't guess. Right at the back, one more guess. Lego. Lego. No, that's another gift which I didn't bring, but this is a cash register. Not a real cash register, but it's a cash register for my daughter who loves, not just loves cash, but she loves putting things together. Okay. Tell me, who can tell me what that is? See, it's hard to disguise that package. It is a bike. 
That is a bike, badly wrapped, but it's a bike nevertheless. So that's there. One more. Who can tell me what that is? Oh, let me listen. Shh. A ball? No, not a ball. A what is it? Christmas pudding. I wish. It's it's a it's wow. It's a thing. It's a a jar of things called squids. Anyone heard of squids? They're little little building blocks that. No, you haven't heard of squids either. No, I I hadn't either. The point is this: that some packages are easy to recognise, and some aren't. And for hundreds of years, hundreds of years, people in the Middle East, in the, in the nation of Israel, have been waiting for a package, been waiting for a Messiah, a rescuer, a saviour to come. We've looked at promises over the last few weeks of how that person was promised, that saviour was promised. And, and that package came, but not in a way people expected. They might have thought it was going to look like this, but it actually looked like that. There were some people who expected the Messiah or the saviour to come as a, a great political figure who would ride in on a big white horse and kind of command respect and command attention, command authority. There were some people who thought that that Messiah would come as a, a big religious figure who would be sort of the chief, chief, chief priest or rabbi, would come in and live and dwell in the temple and live in that place. There were some who thought that this rescuer, this Messiah, because the people of Israel have been under oppression from the nation of Rome for a long time, that he would come and, uh, and come as a military figure and just ride in with troops and overcome the oppressor. And that was the package people were expecting, a package that looked in one of those ways, but none of those packages were what turned up. And I want to talk tonight just for a few minutes about the shortest Christmas story. There are lots of Christmas stories. Lots of Christmas stories. I've just lost my... Lots of Christmas stories that, that uh, you read about in the, in, the, in the New Testament. I want to talk about the shortest one. But you read stories of, of how there were angels and shepherds and stuff are in a big field and all the detail of that. You read stories of how there were wise men who come and brought gifts to the baby Jesus. You read stories about how um, God through an angel spoke to a young man and how he spoke to a young woman and told the story of Christmas. But this is the shortest Christmas story. Very simple. It goes like this. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. This package was a very different package. It wasn't that God came and somehow gave a Messiah, dwelt in a palace or dwelt in a temple or dwelt in, dwelt in the best house of town, but he dwelt among us. He came in humanity's form. He came in a very rich and real way. A more modern translation um, puts that same story this way. It says, The word became flesh and blood 
and moved into the neighbourhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory, like father, like son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. That's the package that was sent to us that we celebrate at Christmas time. A package that I said dwelt not in a castle or a temple or whatever, but dwelt amongst people, amongst humanity. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And I want us to think just a couple of minutes about that saying, the Word became flesh. What is a Word? You know, a Word is a connection. A Word is a communication. A Word is some makes a connection between two people or two groups of people. A word is something that starts in someone's mind and comes out of their mouth and goes into someone else's ears and back into their mind. It makes a connection between two people. That's what God has done. He made a connection between himself and humanity and people. God was not some distant, remote, far-off kind of uh, being or deity you know, to be revered so that he would always be there and we'd always be here, but he actually saw the need to become in a human form and dwell amongst humanity and make that link. He was the Word. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And he knows you intimately. He knows, your hum- he knows what you're going through. He knows the uncertainty you might face. He knows the pain you might have. He knows all the things about you because he came in the flesh. He didn't stay distant and remote and afar off. So it's it's that word statement. The other thing we read by that that statement is that the word became flesh and dwelt among us is that that word became um, real to us and gave us meaning. That word that's we read in the English the word word comes from a Greek word the word logos and 500 years before Jesus, there was a, a brilliant scholar called Hierocletus who looked on the world and saw it was skewed and saw it was messy. If he were looking on it now, he'd find the same thing. And he said to himself, there must be something more. There must be some meaning. There must be some purpose. There must be some pattern to this world that I see that's a bit crazy. And the word he used to define that word meaning was the word logos, translated word. The logos became flesh. The meaning became flesh. He said there had to be a purpose. And that word logos, the word was a purpose, was the meaning. We still use that word when to talk about patterns and meanings and purposes. We talk, for example, about the purpose of people, groups of people, society, as sociologos, sociology, the study of our own way of thinking and being and psyche is what we call psychologos, psychology. We still use that word to think of meaning or pattern. The pattern of our physical life is called biology. We still use that word meaning. And for many hundreds of years, people are puzzled to see what is this word, what is this meaning all about? What are the patterns of life? And all of a sudden, God says the meaning is not about philosophy. It's not about, you know, words on a page. The real word is a person. The word, the meaning, the pattern, the purpose became flesh and dwelt among us. 
the person of Jesus. That's who that word is. And if you want to find pattern or meaning or purpose, you don't find it in some sort of ethereal um, concept. You find it in a person. It's the shortest Christmas story. The word became flesh and dwelt among us and he came in grace and truth. The third thing I want to say is that that word became the saviour of humanity. That word became someone who had a purpose in himself to reach out to the broken humanity that he lived amongst and have been there ever since. We are broken humanity and he reaches out with arms of grace and arms of love and arms of acceptance and arms of warmth, grace and truth. It's a unique, a unique way to bring people back to God again. You know, you don't need me to tell you, but this last year, in fact, this last year, two years, has been a crazy couple of years. It's been crazy when it's up and down, roller coaster, uncertainty, fear, pain, anguish. A couple of weeks ago, we saw some scenes like this, and I'm just going to show this. We've got a couple of... Uh, we saw these scenes at airports around Australia where people were welcomed because they could be, where people were uh, embracing one another and saying, welcome home, welcome back. And just seeing that sort of um, joy and release, if you like, for people as they, as they came home or welcomed home. And I watched that time and time again in the news, people greeting one another. And I thought to myself, that's what God does. It's a beautiful picture of God saying, welcome home. That's the purpose of the word who became flesh. Where he sees humanity and its brokenness and says, you can run to me with open arms and I'll embrace you with grace and truth. Because that's the story of Christmas, beginning, the beginning of Jesus' life and the end of Jesus' life on earth birth and the cross and God saying hey welcome home welcome home and I would trust that this year for you is a fantastic um, Christmas where you explore and find the pattern the purpose of life the meaning of life as you explore the person of Jesus the person who became flesh and dwelt among us and came in grace and truth and you'll understand and grasp something of that grace and truth. And I hope that this Christmas for you is a time of great joy, maybe catching up with family. I hope you can. Maybe some of you can't. I appreciate that. I've got family. I can't catch up with myself this Christmas. I hope it's a time when you uh, enjoy some good tucker. Um, I hope it's a time where you have a lot of fun. But I hope it's a time when you don't lose the exploration of the logos, the meaning, the word, the purpose of Jesus who came in the flesh. I hope it's a time when you're able to do that. And we'd love as a church to help you on that process. If you are visiting with us, we'd love to say to you, just, hey, we'd love that. We, we, we meet every Sunday, 10 o'clock, where we 
want to explore ourselves something of the meaning and purpose of our faith. Why don't you join with us? We have a, a course starting, keep eyes tuned, it's, we're going to be opening day, probably on a Wednesday night, called Alpha, which just helps you ask the questions of faith and life with no judgment. Ask whatever you like, come on that. We'll have a Bible just outside. If you need a Bible to get some, to look at that, we'll give you one of those and you head outside and, and just know that. But I trust that this Christmas is a time when you enjoy it, love it, but at the same time explore the person of Jesus as the one God became flesh, God with skin on and dwelt among us. And behold, he's someone more than we thought he might be. Please enjoy Christmas and uh, we trust you do. Let me pray with you. Father, again we thank you for who you are and who you are for us. And we, we would pray, Lord God, that we will understand even more, wherever we are in the faith journey, whether we've begun that journey, whether we've begun it many years ago, whether we're thinking about it, whether we're exploring it, that we will understand something more of the person of Jesus who came to live amongst us, to identify with us, to die for us, to welcome us back. Father, we would pray that might be the reality for us this Christmas. We pray, pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to...